0: Thank you Drew, I really appreciate you coming and leading us this morning. Fantastic job! Well, church, happy new year! I am so glad to be with the High Point family, even though for the majority is virtually. But we're glad that you're here this morning, and glad that the Lord has given us a new year to serve Him. This is our annual Vision Sunday. We try to take the first Sunday in January to kind of do a reminder of what we're here for, but also where we see God leading us. And at the end of our time today, I hope you have a clearer understanding of the direction of High Point and what High Point is up to, but also that you may have a clearer understanding and a vision for what God is calling for your life, as was mentioned uh, next week, we'll be starting a new sermon series and a new Bible class based on the book of Hebrews called A Journey of Faith. And what's interesting is the writer of Hebrews makes a case for God's supreme gift and God's supreme plan in Jesus Christ. And once we understand who Jesus is and the supremacy of Christ and just the beauty of who he is, it makes us fall in love with him that much more and want to be more like Jesus Christ. I hope you'll join us. Well, let's get into this discussion of vision because vision is important. We want to learn to be able to see clearly and see through God's eyes how to live our lives. Maybe you've been to one of those 3D movies Uh, You remember when you were a kid, uh, they had the 3D glasses. One side was blue, one side was red. You know, now they're a little more sophisticated. But yeah, you'd put those on, you'd walk in, you kind of wait, and then the movie would start. And I don't know about you, I couldn't resist lifting up the glasses to see what it was like. And if you left it up too long, you start getting a headache. But I think a lot of people go through life without those 3D glasses without being able to see exactly what God's plan is for their life. Oh, they can kind of make out images, and they can kind of make their way through, but it's when we put on the lens of Jesus Christ and understand what God's plan and God's vision for each one of us, that we start seeing life in a different way. So that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're, we're striving towards. Proverbs 29 and verse 18, Solomon tells us this, that where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, I always thought that that meant kind of like, you know, the leaders need to kind of cast a, a good vision. Otherwise, people are kind of falling around, don't know what they're supposed to do. But I love how the NIV translates this passage. Where there is no clear vision or revelation for your life, people will cast off restraint. And don't you see this in the world around us? If, if we don't understand where we're going. It's hard to be driven towards taking those steps to get there. And if we don't have a clear vision to what God wants us to do, why should we live according to the way he asked us to live? And so it's just easy to throw those away and and say it really doesn't matter how we live. But of course we know it does. You know, we see in scriptures that there are three components or three aspects some could say there are a lot more, but there are three primary things that if you start and at one cover, go all the way to the other cover, there are three aspects of discipleship that really help us to tune into what God is all about and his vision for our life. And, and the first of these is that we come into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so we develop a relationship with God. The, the second is to learn to live an authentic community with other brothers and sisters or other God followers. And, and finally, to do something with our life that makes an eternal difference. So some would say it's know God, make friends, and serve others. At, at High Point, we call it this. Oh, let's see if we these tablecloths are heavy. So we can pull them off. We call this just grow, connect, and serve. Now, some of you have been at High Point for a long time, and we've had these banners up in our auditorium. You're like, oh, I was hoping for a new vision. But in reality, these are three aspects that if we start living into these, our life becomes that much more clear. A vision for what God wants us to do and how to spend our time and our resources and our talents comes into a little bit more of a focus. And so all of these kind of hinge upon this first one of grow, of knowing God. And so the more we can become in tune with our Heavenly Father, the more the other things tend to play out and we start to understand. It's almost like our relationship, our vertical relationship with God provides the fuel for these other two for connecting with others in an authentic community and then learning how to serve. So if, if we're struggling a little bit with our earthly relationships, it probably means that we need to spend more time with God. That we need to develop that relationship first and allow that to overflow and and, and spill into these relationships. If you're struggling with having a passion for serving, you're like, I just don't want to do it. Don't. Well, you need the fuel that comes from knowing God and being in that relationship. First Timothy six and verse 21 says this, some people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. That's why it's crucial that we start here that we start with this growth plan of how do we connect with God and how do we learn to know him better. So uh, obviously we can go to scripture and we can learn about God. We can learn facts and, and our knowledge of God can be ever increasing. But God wants it to drift down into our heart. Like a parent, our heavenly father wants us to connect with him relationally as well so boy it's the most important aspect of our life and as a church family this also becomes our driving mission and vision for what we want to do we want to do all that we can as the High Point family to connect pe- people with their Heavenly Father to connect them with the saving message to help them grow in their faith with their Heavenly Father you know, it's been painful, but over the past few years, the leaders of this congregation have looked at all the different ways that we're spending money and, and the things that we were promoting from the pulpit and other communication avenues, and they said, all these things are good. There, there's nothing wrong with these things, and, and they're all positive, and you can make a case for them, but they said, let's get down to what's essential. Let's get down to what we're called to do, and that's to connect people with our Heavenly Father to help them grow in their relationship, to help them connect with others, and help them to be able to use their gifts and talents to benefit other people. So what can we do to zero in on that? You know, we look at our mission dollars, and we were spending money all over the place and doing some wonderful works. really was. Can we zero in on one location and can we make sure that the dollars that are given are going towards connecting people with Jesus? I I love the vision statement for our work in El Salvador. We want every Salvadorian to have the opportunity to obey the gospel. Isn't that great? Every person in El Salvador to hear the saving message about how much God loves them And how he transferred that love by sending his son, Jesus, demonstrating that love. And then Jesus sacrificed so that, boy, the sins that we've accumulated, we don't have to pay for that. God's son did that for us. We want the people of El Salvador to hear that message and respond to it. And isn't that what we want in Collin County and beyond? That's what the High Point Church is all about, making sure we connect people with their Heavenly Father and with the saving gospel message. We want everyone to come in contact with and to know God and understand what he's done for them. We are compelled to let the world know that Jesus is the answer, and he's the only answer. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved you know it's not popular in the world today to say that there's only one option we believe that there is no door number two or door number three or four or it's jesus christ it's god's only son And he holds one hand out for us and one hand to the Heavenly Father and connects us in right relationship. And he says, I'm the only way to the Father. And so that's the saving message of Jesus that we have to get out as a congregation. You know, in this fall, we're planning on opening up our daycare as we start our construction, hopefully very soon. And, and we're doing that not just so that we'll have some funding for some of our ministries and, and that type of thing, but we're also doing this so that our building is seen as a kingdom outpost, that we're doing something that benefits our community around us. And we're connecting with young people, and we're connecting with young families in a way that we're not just providing childcare, but we're going to be introducing those children and these families to the saving message of Jesus. You know, we all know that life change that comes when we start putting on the God glasses, and, and we start seeing our world through the saving love of our, of our Heavenly Father. But there are some this morning that haven't accepted Jesus, that haven't We've heard some things about it, but you haven't taken that step. And we're gonna give you an opportunity before this worship service is open over to do just that. We want you to start 2021 saying, I'm taking that first step. I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior because I want to live differently and I know it's not gonna happen. I know my life is gonna remain blurry until it comes into focus through wearing the vision that we get through Jesus Christ. You know, maybe you've been studying about Jesus and and, and maybe you've been having some faith-based conversations with others. And you feel a stirring that God has connected you with people, that God has, has done some things. I don't believe anything's by accident. I believe in divine interactions. And maybe you've had some that you feel like God is pulling you towards something. What's that next step? We believe is that you take the step that Jesus did as he started his ministry and that's water baptism. He came and displayed for everyone. He went public that I'm starting my ministry It's not my own accord. It's honoring my heavenly father. And it's also taking in the power of the Holy Spirit that happened at his baptism. So we encourage you to take that step of faith First Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, Peter tells us a little bit about baptism. So he said the power is not in the water. And it's not in the cleansing that happens in our body when we go under. But instead, it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that provides that salvation, that provides that power to bring us back to our Heavenly Father. So what's baptism? Peter says that it is a step of faith like Noah, when Noah and his sons built the ark and they brought in the animals, and that was an outward demonstration that Noah was a righteous man. He's a faithful man, but he took that step. So as Peter says, it's a pledge of good conscience saying, God, I want the world to know that your son Jesus is the Lord of my life. Some of you may be worried with COVID. Well, how are we going to do that? If you choose to come on a Sunday, we'll allow you to do it here. Or we can set up a private time for your baptism here at the building. Just let us know. Either contact the church office or let us know on the website. We'd love to schedule, schedule a baptism. Well, what's next? Well, see, when you give your life to Jesus it's like your whole life starts all over. The old person is gone, but the new man comes in. We're new creations. So our past is wiped away. I like to say it's like the Etch-a-Sketch, and we shake it up, and the screen is clear. So you and God are good. And so that's the act of salvation. That's the moment where God saves us. But God says, I want you to keep going. And so if salvation is an act in a moment, there's a word called sanctification that takes a lifetime. That's the ongoing work of our Heavenly Father to make us holy, to make us set apart, to make us more like Jesus as we're going to talk about in this Hebrew series. And that's the work of God. God says, I'll do that, but you've got to make yourself available. So when we come to Jesus, we've got some brokenness in our life. That doesn't get healed overnight. There's broken pieces that need to be restored. It's almost like buying an old vehicle. God purchased us in our salvation. The sanctification is restoring us. It's bringing us back to be a whole person. So sanctification happens over a lifetime. Paul says in his beautiful letter to the Philippian church, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 and 13, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How do we do that? Well, the primary way here at the High Point Church is through making connections. And the primary way that we make connections is through our small groups. If you're not in a small group, I encourage you, take that step this year. Well, what happens in our small groups? Yeah, it's a time to connect and possibly have food or snacks or uh, some type of fellowship. Absolutely. But it's also a time for us to take what we've learned on Sunday morning and as we gather together have conversations, faith-based conversations that help us to internalize what we're learning. The worst thing that can happen is, as James says, that we're we're introduced to a truth and God puts something on our heart, but we walk away from that mirror even though we see our reflection. Small groups help us to look into that mirror and say, how am I going to apply this truth? How am I going to make a difference? How is this going to bring about that process of being made holy? That's what happens in our small groups when we get together. We also pray. We also are doing life together And hopefully we're setting a standard of morality for what it means to be Christ followers. And if we're in a group of people, it helps us to be better. It helps us to live into the truths that we're trying to embody. And so with the help of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we begin living in authentic community. And that's where that growth begins to start happening. Yes, it's coming from our Heavenly Father, but it also makes a big difference that we're with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Once again, you're like, okay, that sounds good. We're in the middle of a pandemic. How are we going to do that? We do have some groups that have have chosen to meet uh, in person, and they're taking precautions, doing the best they can, and they're doing life in that way. But there are others who say, I'm in a high risk. I can't do that. Can we meet virtually? And the answer to that is absolutely. Tell us what your needs are. Let us get you connected with groups that meet your needs. And it may be geographical. It may be stage of life. We want you to be connected with other people. James chapter 5, and verse 16 says, therefore... Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God designed your, you for spiritual growth and help to take place within this safe place in this safe haven of a small group. I love what Chris Hodges says. He said, we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for healing. Now, we are a small groups church, and generally our pattern is we make new groups available during the month of August. It's a time for people to sign up for groups. It's also a time if you want to change groups, that's great. Or it's a time to re-up with the current group of people you're doing life with. And we do that in August because we're coming back from vacation and people go in here or there. And as kids go back into school Is also a time when we get back into a rhythm as a congregation. And so those groups will start in September. But we've had such an influx of individuals and couples and families that we're going to be launching some new groups during the month of January. At the tail end of our service, like the opportunity to be baptized or give your life to Jesus, we're going to make it available for you to say, Sign me up. I don't know what it means. I will figure that out. But Put me in one of these groups because I want to connect and I want to take that next step. Okay, so we've got grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, connect with others an authentic community. What's this serve thing? What does it mean to serve? Well, this is where the vision gets exciting. This is where God says, let me take this and let's bring it into your life. Let me open up some avenues for you to use your gifts and and your passions, and I'll provide open doors and opportunities for you to step into those. Because it gets exciting when God reveals and puts on your heart, this is what your calling is. This is your life's purpose. And I believe that God has distinct and unique purposes for each and every one of us oh, but there's some common things that we all can do and there's ways that we serve but I also believe that God has unique opportunities he has conversations he wants you to have he has people that he wants you to connect with that you know what's around the next corner because you've lived what they're currently going through now so he wants you to use those experiences. He wants to use your talents to be his instrument right at this moment and in this situation. So God has a specific calling he places on your life. You know, when high people come to High Point and come through our new members class, here's what we tell them. We want you to feel like you're known. That's the connection part. We want you to know other people. But we also want them to know you. But we also want you to feel needed. You know, when uh, people place membership, we encourage them to be greeters so they can make these connections. But we also encourage them, okay, you've done this. Now let's find a unique thing for you to be able to serve in our campus and out into the community. You know, the Apostle Paul understood his calling. And in Acts chapter 20, Paul knows and feels called that he's got to go back to Jerusalem. Things haven't gone well when he left Jerusalem, but yet God is calling him there. He knows one of three things is going to happen. He knows he's going to have opposition, but he also knows he could possibly be imprisoned. If he's not beaten, he could be imprisoned, or finally they could kill him. But Paul says, I'm going anyway. And listening to what he says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. He said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. I, why should I go through life trying to protect what I want? And, and it, boy, I just want to be tuned in to what God wants for me. My life is nothing. It's just how God can use me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. He's on the road to Damascus, and God stops him in his tracks, and Jesus is like, why are you persecuting me? I'm the good guy. He sends Saul. He changes his name to Paul. He says, you have a calling. You're going to be this light unto the Gentiles. And Paul's like, for how long? until i call you home great as long as i'm in this body it's to the benefit of others but my longing is i'm going to be with my heavenly father if i live great it's to god's glory if i die praise the lord i just want to be with jesus again i saw a vision of him and i want to return to be with jesus i want to be in the embrace of my heavenly father but until that happens put me to work Give me a unique calling, help me find that sweet spot to say, Lord, I'm yours, put me to work. Show me what opportunities, what works, what tasks that you're putting before me and give me the the vision to see that but then the courage to step through those doors. Because when we discover our God-given purpose, life doesn't end up in the ditch. We don't get derailed, we don't get sidetracked, we don't lose hope, because we know it's God who's calling us, it's God who's directing us, it's God who's instilled within us gifts and passions and direction, and we know we're in that sweet spot and it feels so good, because God is leading us. And that's what we're calling us to join in today. You know, I think about all the things that, that happened to Paul once he signed up for this journey, this journey of faith. You know, he had opposition from the Jewish uh, religious leaders, opposition from the Roman authorities. He was beaten, he was whipped, he was flogged, he was jailed, he was imprisoned, he was thrown into dungeons. You know, he was shipwrecked, he was snake bitten. He's like, hey, I, I'm looking pretty rough. I'm probably walking with a limp. I can't see and everything, but I'm still going to tell you about Jesus because that's what he had discovered. He discovered what God wanted him to do is, in his life. And he says, until I get called home, I'm just going to fix my eyes on Jesus. If I have an encounter with you or you, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. none of the outer trappings of this life mean anything. I'm going to be with Jesus, and until he calls me home, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. He discovered it. John chapter 15 and verse 8, Jesus says, I want you to make an eternal difference in the life of others. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. I've given you opportunities. I've given you the gifting. Step forward and produce fruit in your life. You know, the world tells us that that joy comes through possessions, it it comes through experiences, and it it also comes through pleasures. And they're like, if you can experience this, if you can feel that, if you can own this, that's where true joy comes in. It's fading. if if it's determined upon something that a thief can break in and steal or a rust can attack, it's not going to provide that eternal joy that comes from knowing our heavenly Father, connecting with true folks that are doing life with you, and finding what God wants you to do to serve. Here's where it starts getting exciting. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 11 and verse 25, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And haven't you felt that? When you've had an opportunity to serve and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to go to the hospital and talk. I I don't want to go. Okay, I'll go. And then when you're there, you're there to serve, but it turns out you're the one being served. You're there to refresh others. But Solomon says, when you find yourself doing this and God calls you to go do this, you're the one that gets revived. You're the one that gets refreshed. You're the one that gets brought into the throne room of God. You know, that refreshment is experienced by our army of volunteers. Even during COVID, we still have hundreds of people that are involved in life of this church to pull off our various ministries. You know, we have small group leaders, we have teachers, we have those that help out with our children's ministry, with our young adults' ministry, and our yams, our young adults and, and our teens. We have all of these different people serving er- these various areas. We have ushers and, and greeters, and we have a wonderful team up in the loft that brings you this broadcast every week. We have praise leaders. And then we have those that choose to say, I'm going to serve sometime on campus, but my passion is out in the community. And so we have those that help with Samaritan Inn, either at the homeless shelter or at their Restore. We have those that help with Community Lifeline, helping our folks here in Collin County that are this close to being homeless. And Community Lifeline, they go in and provide resources for them. We have people that go and serve over at Vega Elementary, the Title I school is just around the corner from us, making a true difference in the life of these students. So there are a whole host of ways to get involved. We have a group that goes down on Wednesday nights to connect with the international students to help them learn English through Friendspeak while they're studying scripture at the same time, truly making a difference in people's lives. What's God gonna call you to do in 2021? You know, one of the ministries that has really kind of taken our church by storm is something our children's ministry introduced last year called Walk Through Bethlehem. Let's watch just a short video of this year's Drive Through Bethlehem. You've met many of your countrymen, some explorers, some excurs if you even try to escape. Welcome to my temple in Jerusalem. You're not going to believe what happened tonight. We were on the trail, minding our own business, and down came an angel and said, a savior is going to be born this very night. Okay, so Alicia, you and Keani came up with this idea of, hey, during the holidays, let's introduce or remind people about what Christmas is all about. And so last year, y'all did Walk Through Bethlehem, and it was a fantastic success. But then COVID hits a few months later. What changes did you guys have to make in 2020 uh, as we entered in to do this again?
1: sure yeah we you know with a year full of cancellations we really just couldn't we we didn't have the heart to cancel it and we just really wanted to share this story again with our community so we wanted people to feel the sights the sounds the smells of bethlehem and so we decided to do a drive-through event and it turned out great we uh Just did a live mixture of live mic and uh, visuals and audio recordings and uh, we just really wanted to bring that back
0: so how did it go because I mean you had Thursday night Friday night Saturday night Sunday night So how'd how'd it go I mean it was it was quite a a chore to pull it off
1: yes it was amazing Um, I'm happy to report we had over 2800 people that attended the event from the community we had people all over the DFW area from Terrell to Gainesville to even Galilee and no I don't mean Galilee Israel (laughs) there is actually a Galilee down in the Houston area so we had people from all over and I have to share with you one of my favorite stories. Um, We had a little boy that drove up and uh, one of our uh, Shepherd's wives, Jennifer DeLotter, was serving uh, hot cocoa and cookies and with much excitement he, he asked her, is this gonna be the same story I heard last year? I was here last year and she said sure yeah I'm sure you're gonna hear a lot of the same things you heard the year before and he said well that's great because I remember the whole story. And he recounted for her the day of Jesus' birth, the time the shepherds came, the wise men, and how Jesus ended up in the tomb. But the angel told him that he had risen and that he was no longer there. Yeah. And the greatest joy I got out of it, she, she recounted him saying that that was the first time that he had ever heard the story of Jesus Wow. That's and fantastic. how he went that night to his mother and father and told them the story of Jesus and how it changed his life and that's why we do what we do. Oh,
0: that's awesome. You know one of we met a new uh, neighbor that's two streets over uh, during Halloween and so I told him what I did and, and where I serve and they're like y'all are the church that does the Bethlehem thing and they said we're taking some of our neighbors so it's just fantastic. Uh, you and Keani did a great job with that but you didn't do it alone it definitely took an army of folks so just share a little bit about that
1: absolutely yes so we had over 120 volunteers every single night um, those volunteers not only went through their four to five hours of shifts but they also stayed to help up uh, help clean up all the props right. and and it was wonderful we had our ladies ministry who continually baked cookies for our guests and also snacks for all our volunteers we had tech crew we had refreshments we had actors there was just a host of folks but I will tell you
0: yeah you you had two or three that put a ton of time into this. yes
1: and uh I'd love to recognize a couple of those now Teresa Turnbow she does not just do the four nights she Uh is year round i think her house was turned into a wardrobe center i mean we even had angels with glow-in-the-dark wings awesome we had uh paige christensen who would probably not be very happy with me right now because she is a very humble servant she likes (laughs) to work in the background but she was amazing spent a lot of her free time up here helping making sure that everything was set up for the day of the event and then we had several men that just came up. We had John Allen and Charles Dismuke and Paul Newhouse, David even Shelton. David Shelton, my oh. husband, Martin, that just worked around the clock yeah. for months building these sets. Yeah. And I'll have to tell you, it really cracked me up the first night. David Shelton was running around with a drill, (laughs) making sure, what else could he do? What else could he do? And then the very next night, my Roman soldiers had brand new shields and swords. It was just a really, really amazing.
0: That's awesome. So, this is obviously a way that we can reach out to the community in a different way than what we've done with Trunk and Treats and that type of thing, because it really is sharing the story of Jesus. And the community, I, mean, we, I would say over half were repeat offenders, folks that, that came. And even on Sunday night, there were some that said, well, we kind of circled through again, hope that's okay. So what would we need to do as a congregation to step up in 2021 to take that next step?
1: Yeah, it's it's exactly what you were talking about earlier, um, having our members show their talents yep. and serve, and that's yep. what we really need. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, and we would love to start as early as March. So yep. I think that next step is maybe forming some committees yep. with uh, some of our members here who have yep. talents, and whether it's sewing or light sound production, yep. singing, acting, whatever you feel like your talent is, we can use you. So I just urge you to shoot me an email, call up to the church, you know, whatever you can do to contact me and let me know how you'd like to help and serve in this event.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be great if some of our small groups would say, we own this booth and we're going to staff it and we'll we'll work on it and everything. Just take some ownership. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I hope that you've been um, inspired by today's message. I, I hope that it's given you a little bit of an idea of some of the things that we have planned and a vision for the future for this congregation. But I also hope it's inspired you personally. And I hope that you have just a little bit more clarity as to what God's calling you to do to take that next step in your individual life. If it's grow... I encourage you to get in the game to say, I need to get closer to my Heavenly Father and then come up with some proactive steps. Maybe that's getting a Bible app that sends you a morning Bible study and you stay committed to that or get others to join you in that. Or maybe it's committing to doing Bible study through some of our various programs. We have ladies that get together on Tuesday mornings. We have some guys to get together Thursday at lunchtime, joining in one of those groups, or maybe coming on Wednesday nights and being a part of our online fellowship that I lead as we walk through and talk about some of these traits of discipleship. Maybe it's today you say, I wanna connect. I wanna start developing some closer relationships with brothers and sisters here at High Point. I encourage you to fill out that form allow us to place you in one of those groups, or if you have a group you'd like to join, let us know. We want you to feel that sense of connection. And we also want to feel like God's putting on your heart an area in which you can serve, either on our campus, out in the community, or beyond. What has God gifted you to do? What has God given you a passion for? And what opportunities do you see that he's encouraging you to walk through? We encourage you that as we start a new year, to take those intentional steps, to become more and more like our Heavenly Father, to really feel that connection with Him, to live an authentic community, and serve to make an eternal difference. If we can help you this morning, please get on the little chat box, and you can uh, go to the link there. Tell us what's going on. Let us know how we can connect with you. We want this to be the best year possible. We can help it this morning, come out as you stand as we sing.